Welcome back to the You Can Too podcast. On today's show, we have Andrew Murnane on the show. We I can't even contextualize who Andrew is because we'll get into all of that. But Andrew, if you could give a brief overview about who you are, what you're about, uh, just give us a brief overview. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you a little bit about the uh, the story of of Andrew and, oh, yeah. and whatnot. I'm sure we'll get into how, uh, I don't know, how, how seriously I take that or how yeah right. i don't know lack of seriously i take that if that's if that's even a word but uh yeah so in terms of you know what i talk about and my content is a lot revolving around mental health identity um existential type stuff for me that story kind of starts out uh in in high school dealt with a lot of insecurities as most people do going through high school cared a lot about what people thought of me um cared a lot about not even everyone liking me, but just didn't want people to dislike me. And so that made me very quiet, um, kept to myself, didn't speak my mind very much. And uh, one of the first realizations I had was just how how infrequently people thought about other people, you know, not in a bad way, but just the reality of it, that people are focused on themselves. They have their own entire lives as deep in a, as deep of an experience as I do. And so all that time, I thought they were, you know, judging me, thinking about me, they they just probably weren't. Um, so that was very freeing. And then through college, those insecurities, fears, kind of nerves got a little bit better naturally. And then um, after college, got into more spiritual type stuff, meditation, um, read The Power of Now was one of my first sort of intro <laughs> yeah. I don't know, courses into, into all the things I talk about now. And uh yeah. And, and since then it's just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and then two and a half years ago, kind of final or one of the bigger, uh, final hurdles for me was getting into posting content. You know, that fear of judgment was still there. I knew I wanted to start posting content just about things I had learned about, you know, overcoming some of that insecurity, fear, concern of judgment, all that stuff. Uh, I knew I wanted to start posting for a good year and a half before I finally did because there was still that, still that concern. Finally, I, I knew it was going to be something that, I, that I'd regret when I got older um, and just said, you know, fuck it, I'm going to start. And then since then, there's been a lot of ups and downs doing, doing the whole content thing. Uh, quit my full-time job uh, in December of this past year. So I've been doing all this, you know, my, my own podcast content all those types of things full time um, for about two and a half months now. Uh, and yeah, and that brings us <laughs> yeah, to today. Man, I love chatting uh, with we, you, James. We're similar in that way. I think a lot of people start with that social anxiety of like, um, everyone's thinking about me. And if I just post this content, then what are they going to think? Like, there's all these thoughts in our mind. Uh, and like being uh, conscious of the spotlight effect was a really big like perspective shift for me. I know I, I want to jump into Randy Dufresne because that's firstly one of my favorite movies. But it's also funny because it kind of like it breaks the barrier of just starting. I think that's the big hurdle that most people um, struggle with. So like take us through like that beginning phase of, of Randy Dufresne and how that started out. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because uh, so so uh, Randy was like a alter ego name my friends had for me when I got uh, too drunk in college or something. That would be like, oh, Rand Randy's out tonight. And uh, so, and then Dufresne comes from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Andy Dufresne 
is the main character in that. And so that was sort of like another nickname I had because Andrew yeah. Murnane, uh, kids called me Andy in college, uh, Murnane, Dufresne, that whole connection. And so, um, but Randy Dufresne was the first handle that I used uh, for those who don't know. And unless you were the first, you know, 5,000 yeah. followers I had on TikTok, you probably wouldn't know that uh, Randy Dufresne was the first name that I used uh, on my TikTok account because when I first started, I didn't want people knowing that I had a TikTok. Um, and then, so I, I actually made that before I made my sort of bigger decision to start doing content stuff. The first um, thing that I did was a YouTube blog, posted that like August, yeah. uh, July, August, 2020. Uh, and I actually made one TikTok before yeah, then. It was just this French toast recipe, exactly like a healthy, about. yeah, yep. anabolic French <laughs> oh, toast, yeah. Greg Doucette's. <laughs> yeah. um made that back uh june and i was just like because I, I listened to gary v back then and and he was just like yapping in my ear all the time like get on tiktok get on tiktok all that stuff and uh and so i was like fuck it i'll, I'll just post one video uh did that didn't touch it for a while and then um just kind of started doing more of it and uh and then i took a clip from that youtube vlog i made it was the intro um posted it on tiktok and just didn't think anything of it i was just like oh i have a tiktok i'll, I'll post this on here it was kind of like yeah. a funny recreation of a dodgeball scene and uh and it went viral it got like 2.2 million views my sister texts me she's like andrew your your video is blowing up i'm like what what video i didn't even remember posting it she's like that uh the the dodgeball one i was like oh shit really and so i think i got like three thousand followers after that and then you know, I, I knew I wanted to start doing content. So I was like, initially, TikTok wasn't going to be a thing. It was I was just going to post YouTube stuff and just whatever, post more on my Instagram story. That was kind of where I was starting out. And then when that happened on TikTok, I was like, all right, I guess I'm posting stuff on TikTok, too. And then that sort of early on, it was just a bunch of random stuff. I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing funny movie clips. That's going to be like my niche. And so I did a few more of those Then I just kept posting about mental health stuff stuff that helps me and uh naturally over time it kind of like morphed into closer to where it's at now um but yeah the uh the randy dufresne lasted you know the first couple months until i started to actually gain some followers and i was like all right i should yeah, I should yeah. Probably it's, just it's so funny real name like now. i said I, I think a lot of people just they're scared to start to begin with and even if you have to make a a fake name just to just to start like just do it i think that that's the the basis of it all right when where did the the exercise that you did every morning when did that get into play um in starting content was that during randy dufresne or was that after the fact uh that was that was way before that that started i think i don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah. exact day it started or whatever but i i used to have a super uh super rigid morning routine where i would meditate uh, I would go through like positivity affirmations and then I would imagine sort of going through my life. And, you know, at the time I was I don't know, 25 then maybe, and I would kind of like go imagine just like getting older, going, uh, imagine being 30, imagine being 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, a hundred. And then like kind of sit in that state of being 90, a hundred years old, being sometimes it would be a lot of times it would be on my deathbed surrounded by family like on the verge of death and 
I did this basically every morning. And as I was at that point, I would imagine I would look back on my life and think, what would I have rather done with my life? What do I wish I had done with my life that I you know, haven't done at this point? And every single day for a year and a half, it was you didn't create more content for whatever reason. There was something deep inside me that was like it, it didn't even have a, a specific thing. It wasn't like fitness stuff. It wasn't health stuff. It was just putting myself out there. It was like one of my biggest fears for so much of my life was the thing that I most strongly desired to do. And it was, it was a year and a half. Every morning I went through it every morning. I knew that was going to be the thing that I regret on my deathbed every morning, every day. I still didn't do it until it came a point that I was like, all right, this is, I just, I have to, that, that fear of judgment that I was feeling any passing judgment I'd receive, I knew wouldn't hurt as bad as not doing it for my entire life. So it came yeah, to a point it's a big where aspect that like, prompted right, me to I start, start too. I lost a lot of family growing up and it was like getting to the end of my life. And I think it's the the number one regret of the dying is like living a life that's not truly aligned with me, but with, with others. And so taking that perspective was like, okay, like why wouldn't I just start? Like, like the worst that could happen is I get made fun of or whatever that may be, especially since we're in the personal development space. Like it's only like really 1% of people that are in this space. But what prompted you to even start that exercise? Like, I'm, I'm curious what that, that came about. that's that's a great question i wonder about that too i i wish i could remember the thing that uh that started that i i think it may have been i don't know because i would love to give someone credit for that but i i'm not sure if it's something that i kind of came to after because i I was reading a bunch of different books back then like self-help type stuff and i think it was something that just kind of morphed over time um imagining being dead or being close to dead wasn't something that I I had come across specifically, I don't think, but I've made videos about that exercise. And it's, I had one that I think my most viral video ever was explaining that sort of story. Like imagine you're a hundred years old on your deathbed, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it ends with now open your eyes. You're not a hundred years old. Then got like 10 million views. I posted that like two years ago or something, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know where it came from. I think it was just sort of like a number of different exercises maybe molded together over time and it just became That's part crazy of my, it's uh, one of the most hours, as you already know, routine. you've done it so many times. Like it's one of the most powerful things that we can do is meditate on like our death. It's essentially is like feeling that of like where we're gonna be and how we're gonna feel at that moment in time and it kind of really makes you be intentional about the life that you're trying to live. I know the first two books that were for you were like the power of now and subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like when you first read those, how did that change the way that not only the way you viewed the world, but also the way that you showed up in the world? Like, did that have a prompt into content and just like the way you live as well? Yeah, I, I, I read those a number of years before I started doing any content, but it definitely was sort of initial steps towards at least learning the things or some of the stuff I used to post about, especially early on um, with the power of now and all of Eckhart Tolle's stuff. I uh, I've read pretty much all his books. Now I haven't in a while. Um, I don't honestly read a ton of books like that uh, anymore, but early on, I think I read the power of now like five times before like the first two times i still didn't know what he was talking about i was like because i I was always so worried about the future that i didn't even understand i couldn't even comprehend what 
being in the moment was, despite obviously we can't experience anything other than the moment. We can exist inside of our mind, uh, fearing the future and worrying about it so much. So, so that I, I, I was curious enough that I kept at it. Cause the first, as I said, the first two times I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about, but I, I kept at it. And then, you know, eventually understood more of what being in the present was, it was still very conceptual for me for most of my life up until like about a year and a half ago, really understanding that, that it's, it's quintessential to what I am. Like it, it's the reality of what I am. I'm not something experiencing the here and now I'm not something existing in the moment. It's like, it's what I am. It's what we are. Um, and then with the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I think just, understanding that helped me to understand and i haven't read that one in a long time but that one definitely helped with understanding that people just aren't thinking about you as much as you think and and when you when it really comes down to you know the the brass tacks of of reality how do you want to spend your time you could spend it concerned about other people who aren't really that concerned about you or you can live for you and understand people who are judging you it, it has to do with them. They're dealing with their own stuff. And if they, if they do judge yeah. you, it's, it's because of their internal state yeah, and not so much what, the quote what you're like doing at the, the forefront at all times. I'm actually reading a uh, new earth yeah. right now. And it has to be one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Like it's insane. Just as, just as a reminder, simply put, but I think the awareness in itself isn't just good enough because a lot of people can read that book, right. And they can read it five times, but they can have the awareness of it, but they don't embody it when was that moment for you where it was just like first it was conceptual and then now it's something that you actually like live out in your life? Um, so I think the biggest shift probably for me was about, uh, about a year and a half ago, actually, this is well yeah. into making content, talking about this stuff. And, um, it was kind of when I, I don't know, people say it's like you woke up, um, and I don't, I don't love that term, but uh, more so recognized that the idea of me wasn't the reality of what I was. And so I was on a walk in New York. I was actually listening to one of Eckhart's audiobooks, uh, Stillness Speaks. And he said, just like, you know, the past doesn't exist, something along those lines, something that I had yeah. recognized. I'd probably made 100 videos about it um, leading up to that point, yeah. but it hit me in a way that was just different this time. And I was able to imagine not having a past. Like, like what if I didn't have a past? I was, I was near uh, Madison square park in, in New York city. Like I'll never forget how it felt in that moment. And, and I was like, well, what if I didn't have a past? And I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I don't. And then I, I went a little further and I was like this, this entire idea of Andrew, because I was going through, I was just having a week of dealing with insecurities internal yeah. stuff that was just like in my head and i i'd gone through all the typical stuff the the ringer of identity-based yeah. practices that i that had always helped me you know gratitude meditating positivity affirmations and nothing was working and so in that moment it hit me you know what if i don't have a past i went a little bit further this whole idea of andrew all of these things that i'm worrying about that have happened in the past and i'm afraid of happening again in the future are rooted in this idea that that I am Andrew and that idea of Andrew is all rooted in the past. Like that idea isn't what I am here now. And if I've only ever been here and now, then maybe I'm not 
that idea of Andrew. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not Andrew. And then, and then it just like kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that I'm just reality here now. And and that idea of Andrew, that ability to identify is, is awesome. And, and my understandings of this have gotten a lot deeper since then. Um, but I kind of settled upon rather than being Andrew, it's like being the awareness of Andrew. But if Andrew is just an idea, then really I'm just the awareness of, of reality itself, just the universe, just, you know, God wandering around as uh, you know, Jesus got to that recognition, I think as well. And, and so, yeah, that, that was when it went from being conceptual to being more of like, an embodiment like that this here now is the extent of me and yeah. me is the extent yeah, of and our like, reality our innate response is to worry is to have anxiety because it's like it's we're addicted to that that state of being almost and and being in that there's a actually a question that i came across not too long ago and it was like who would i be without the stories in my head and it took me back and i was like whoa like that that changed the way that i just viewed life in its entirety and knowing that like the innate response is to go to anxiety is to go to worry is to like think about what other people are thinking is there a question or is there a practice that you always like go back to that keeps you in that state that takes you away from going back to that worry um i i don't know if it's a specific question as yeah. much as it's just the constant state of questioning like reality reality is inherently uncertain we can never we can try and be certain about it we can create certainty you know cling to the idea of ourselves. that's basically what our brain's always trying to do it's always trying to grasp onto certainty so we are we we have our work cut out for us we're working against a super one of the most powerful machines in all of reality being our brain that's always desiring certainty and so the only way to actually stay in reality here now is to be in a constant state of questioning or else once we settle upon answers it's like that's that's cutting us off from being in the flow of reality because reality uncertainty freedom they all go hand in hand and yet we we don't like uncertainty very much, or at least our brain doesn't. We get very uncomfortable with uncertainty. And so that's oftentimes when anxiety begins to arise is when we feel like we can have certainty or we can have control, and then we feel like we're losing it. But if you can recognize that you never had that control, you never had that certainty, you can become comfortable in that state. Like those feelings don't arise nearly as often. So for me, it's just a constant state of questioning. Anytime my mind tries to come up with an idea of, of what I am and tries to be sure of it, it's like, I know that I'm not that. So question it, let it go and, and keep just being where I'm at. Focus on that as opposed to focus on yeah, an idea yeah, of myself. I, I that once heard reality a quote that like overthinking is creating problems that don't exist. It's like almost, it's like attaching to an idea of this certainty that this is what's going to happen. And I'm so certain it's going to happen is that's like us overthinking. And it's like questioning that belief, that idea in itself is what takes us back into the present moment, which is all there ever is. Is that something that like you, you just, I assume you just continuously practice because overthinking, regardless of how aware you can be, it's always going to be something that we just attach to, like you said, where it's like we have ancient brains trying to solve modern day problems and it's a real hard thing to get past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our brain's always trying to settle upon that certainty and the fascinating part is we would rather because we're so afraid of that 
uncertainty because we're so afraid yeah. of not knowing who we are or, or what we are. We would rather settle upon a negative idea of ourselves than not know. But we we can never know. Like your brain, something that just hit me last week that yeah. kind of blew my mind was like your brain can never know you. Any ideal any idea it settles upon is never you. It's always an idea that it's trying to just capture a, a sense of certainty. It wants it so bad, but it can't have it ever. And and so even even being told, you know, a lot of people will say the most the best thing you can ever do is know yourself. Knowing yourself comes down to recognizing that yeah. any idea that you cling to is never the reality of you. So you can't really know yourself in the sense of an idea. You know, you can think you have certain strengths and weaknesses, opinions about certain things, but those are all just limitations relative to the infinite potential you have to be anything in each and every moment. So as uncomfortable as it may seem at first, you you can't know yourself. You don't have to know yourself. Letting go of the idea that you should know yourself is actually yeah. the first step towards becoming free yeah, to be a, anything. To say, like, a moment. lot of what my podcast stems around is like this idea of belief about ourselves, about who we are, about what's possible because belief drives behavior and behavior drives results. And it goes right back into who we believe we are. And if we live our life through that cycle, we're going to stay exactly where we are and continue creating the same exact results in our life. What do you think are going to be the next steps outside of first becoming aware of that truth? And then what are the next steps into helping people like really step into that, that reality that all there is, is right now. It's not like your identification with the past. Yeah. I think remaining, honestly, like the main thing it comes down to is, how comfortable you can become with being in a constant state of uncertainty. Like how, how okay can you be with not being able to settle upon anything? And, and that's how you remain free because, you know, freedom or you know, people talk about enlightenment or whatever, it, or even peace. They think that peace is a place that you get to, or any of these things are a place that you get to. And, and, if you keep that in mind, if you're always striving to get yeah. there, you're always trying to be somewhere that you're not. You're always desiring a state that you're not currently existing within. And so you're resisting the state that you're currently in. And all of those things, you know, enlightenment, in my opinion, doesn't actually exist because it's just an idea. It's just a concept that keeps you from being the reality of it that people think that it is. But as long as you think it's something in the future, as I said, you know, with peace, same thing, you're never going to get there because peace is there are things that arise here. Now there's something that arise within you when you let go of trying to be anywhere other than where you are or feeling anything other than what you're feeling. And so having that acceptance for where you're at, what you're going through, what you're currently feeling doesn't immediately make everything better and, and magical and you're existing in like a, a fairy tale land with unicorns floating around but at least when you let go of the resistance to where you're at it's like a wall comes down and you have a little bit more clarity to see potential options as long as you're resisting where you're at or think you should be somewhere other than where you're at it's like you have these yeah. blinders on or like a veil in front of you that hinders you from being able to see the ways out of the situation that you're in. Cause oftentimes when I bring that up, people are like, Oh, this, you know, suffering. And, and what about sex in a sexual abuse situation and all these things? It's like, I'm not saying you should stay in that, but if, if you keep resisting 
where the reality of what you are and sexual i did not mean to like bring that i was just something that people go to just like extreme yeah. situations they're like oh they should just accept where they're at it's like no but at letting go of the resistance to the experience that you're having will allow you the clarity to at least see ways to work through it and and get out of that situation it's not about not moving forward but the resistance kind of causes the situation to more so stay the same whereas acceptance allows it the continued process of flow of change yeah it's like the, to the mindset that more pain seamlessly. and suffering are not they're not the same like pain in that sense of you go to the extreme of like pain of where like i don't have much control over this situation but then the idea that you should be somewhere else is the suffering that you create within yourself exactly exactly pain they say pain is inevitable yeah. but suffering isn't or suffering is optional and yeah with with suffering i very much see that as you know you're always where you're at you're always experiencing what you're experiencing and when you're experiencing something else that's where you're at that's what you're experiencing you're always where you're at but we have these ideas that we should be somewhere else we we want to be somewhere else we wished we were somewhere else we think at this point in my life, I should be somewhere else. And so all of those ideas of, of physically where you think you should be emotionally in a relationship where you think you should be like all of those thoughts are not here now. And the gap between where you're at and where you think you should be, what you think you should be experiencing, you know, the feelings you think you should be feeling, even if it's, I, I think I should be happy and you're not happy right now. There's a gap between those that perceived idea where you think you should be and where you're actually at. And that gap is suffering right there. And so as you let go of those, those shoulds, I should be doing this. I should be feeling this. I should be in this place by now in my life. As you let yeah, go of those, I, you I let go replaces, of the suffering. Shame. I like when I work with clients, I'm like, they know that this is shame or should is simply shame. Like they don't, they don't even like say should anymore. Cause it's exactly that. It's like, when you say should, you're shaming yourself that you should be somewhere else and you're placing this identification that, oh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I think a, a lot of people that listen to this is high achievers or overachievers and they're always like, I should be somewhere else. It's something we attach so much to and I assume the same thing for your kind of audience. What do you tell those people that are continuously identifying with this is where I should be and I'm, I'm always at the cusp of where I, where I should be because you'll never get there. Yeah, absolutely. I think... It's super important for people to recognize that their value doesn't waver. Um, people get caught up in wanting, like we fear our value being diminished, but the other side of that coin yeah. is desiring for our value to be increased. So one of the toughest pills for people to swallow, one of the toughest things for people to let go of is the idea that their value can be raised because through that that value, that perception that your value can go up immediately causes you to fear your value going down. And so that's always going to be a double-edged sword until you recognize that your value doesn't waver. And this isn't to say that, you know, you should do nothing with your life, but stop doing things because you think you should and start doing things because you think, because you can, because you're able to, when you're, when you're in that mentality, that's a state of freedom. Anything else is, is a prison, whether it's self-created or societally created and whatnot, it, it doesn't really matter letting go of the idea that you should be anywhere else because you think your value is going to be higher when you get there. 
is going to immediately cause you as you get that thing, as you get to that external spot, be it, you know, a job title or a new car or whatever. If your value is derived from something outside of you, you're going to fear it being diminished constantly. You're, you're going to fear it being diminished right now for certain things that you think you're deriving your value from in this moment. So letting go of the idea that your value is, is rooted in anything outside of you and understanding that it's inherent to what you are your value doesn't waver it's constantly as perfect as it could be all the time that's when you become free because and anything else is just a desire to find it a desire to allow yourself to feel valuable that's all you know getting all of the materialistic things are is an excuse to feel valuable when you don't need that excuse once you mm. recognize that I, it's inherent i love talking about this are. stuff so much because it's like when, when a lot of people see life without even this perspective in mind. And so like bringing this into their mindset, it's, it's like when we first read Power of Now or anything of that, it's like it shifts your whole experience in life because your circumstances don't make your experience, but how you perceive your experience is, is what makes it. And so when you, when you detach from this idea where you think you should be or that you're not enough as you are, because uh, I think that that's really is the underlying factor in it all is that I am not enough as I am. And that's the lens that everyone sees life through. So I am not enough. And then when I get this or when I do this, then I will be. Yeah. Just, just because you think you're unworthy doesn't mean you are. Mind is almost always a liar, but it's always trying to cling to that certainty. So really the whole path is, is not about getting anywhere. It's not about achieving anything. It's about letting go of the idea that you think you need that in order to be complete. It's letting go of anything that's not allowing you to recognize how whole and complete you already are. So we all have those limiting beliefs about ourselves. It's not about building more positive ideas. It's not about building a positive idea of yourself. It's about letting go of all of the things that are hindering you from recognizing how whole and complete you are right now. And that's really all, all any of this you know, path or journey or whatever you want to call it yeah. comes down to. I, I always say that, that it's, letting it's not go. that you have to become something more, but it's that you have to let go of the idea of that you're not enough already as you are. It's like realizing that stepping into that, it's like wherever you're trying to get to can be where you are as soon as you allow it to be. And it's that attachment to uh, that position that you want to be in or whatever that may be, or that, that happiness or whatever you're looking for. It's that attachment to it. How have you been able to detach and surrender to where you are instead of because in the entrepreneur game or in content as well, it's really, really easy to get caught to the numbers and caught to how much money you're making and all these different kind of things. How has you been able to, to detach from that? Yeah, uh, great question. It's not always the easiest thing ever. Um, I think understanding, yeah. as I said before, that my value can't go up from achieving anymore, you know, getting another 10,000 followers, my value doesn't go up because of that. Um, makes it a lot easier to not get caught up if I you know, lose followers or, or make it having way more money doesn't make me more valuable. And, and so therefore, there's less of a fear of, of losing it. Um, and, and in that state, in that recognition is where the freedom lies. So for me, it's been through the process of, of letting that go of constantly questioning everything that I think I am, everything that I think gives me value. I've, I've experienced more and more freedom through that. And so it's kind of a, a self-perpetuating process of letting go because people get caught up in thinking, oh, I let go. Oh, I, I'd be more selfless. Oh, if I'm not, you know, 
looking out for me, obviously look out for you to a degree, you know, fill your own cup first, but people think that it's, it's, there's going to be no benefit to letting go. There's going to be no benefit to altruism, to selflessness, to all of those things. And that can be further from the truth. Like that, that is where all of the things that you're trying to get through all of the things that you think add value to you is actually found. So it's, it's counterintuitive in letting go in questioning why you think you need that and letting go of the thing you think you need to overcome through getting that thing or the thing you think it's, it's going to get you to the place you think it's going to get you to letting go of the idea that you're more whole then helps you to uh, experience that freedom here now in and of yourself, because that's the only place yeah, that it's ever the, found. The, is, the mindset that I like, like to take on it is like, most people are striving in life, striving to get somewhere, striving to be enough, striving to get this place of peace or whatever it may be. But like you said, it's counterintuitive, but it's weird how it works that way. It's a backwards law, right? When we when we actually surrender and we let go of like needing to be there, it's like, oh man, it becomes a lot easier. And, and that's the whole process of everything, right? For for you, I'm, I'm curious for you, what's the longest or yeah. what's the lesson been that's taken you the longest to learn? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, uh, take your time. Take your time. I mean, I may need a sec to think about this one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we're going to go here deep here quick because uh, I'm still not quite there. Um, but but getting there, it's. Uh, I don't even know if it's a lesson or if it's just you know, the, the ultimate recognition that it's, this is all just me, not, not Andrew, but, but me as, as reality. Um, I think through that recognition, cause you want to, people talk about unity and, you know, we're all one and, and all of those things. And, and it's awesome. And I'm not saying that it's not awesome, but there's a lot, to that there's a depth to that that i don't think a lot of people necessarily recognize because even the statement we're all one isn't quite it because if if it is all one then there is no we there is no actual other there's just the perception of other and so the reality is that i've always been alone in this in in my experience i've always been alone we perceive other people and and whatnot but they're still all reality they're still all me and so i've only ever interacted with other iterations of myself as have as have you but as me because even even the perception of me and you is a perception that's still part of the illusion of division that we're experiencing, which is incredible, which is amazing. And that's why people get caught up on trying to kill their ego, ego, death and whatnot. Ego is just our ability to perceive division between myself and another, which is, which is awesome. It's our ticket to experience, as I've said before. Um, But there's a depth to that letting go of what you think you are that, that eventually you get to the point where, okay, I, it is just me. And, and that's something that's, I think it's easy to, 
to avoid, but there's certain points when when you face it and it is incredibly uncomfortable. And I've there's probably been a handful of times where I've seen that very clearly and I'm getting more comfortable with that recognition, but uh, it's, it's not the most comfortable thing because as when you have a, an opinion of it and you perceive, you know, you're still kind of seeing it through the idea of you, it, it seems lonely, but just because there are no actual others doesn't mean that there isn't a really great perception of others. Um, so yeah, I, I think that coming to terms with that has been something I'm still not fully, uh, fully comfortable with. Uh, but it it's nice because the illusion of division is is such a goddamn good one um, that it's it's not hard to tap back into it. But really, that recognition is what we're all doing whether we know it or not the the avoidance of that recognition through you know the idea of ourself is basically the main way that we avoid that um but i think for us we've taken it so far that uh that now you know something like identity that's just a tool it's just a way for us to more easily communicate it was only ever meant to be you know easy and uh allow us to perceive division and interact with myself ourself um but we've taken it so far that we have now attached value to the identity we have the perception of ourselves the idea of ourselves we think our value goes up and down relative to how we compare ourselves to other people and all of those things so we've just taken that tool so far that now you know there's a lot of suffering that's come with that and i'm not saying that everyone should recognize that that they're alone or, or completely, you know, and it's not even about killing your ego. It's just about taking it a little bit more lightly, not, not recognizing that it's not all that you are, but it doesn't mean that it's not a really cool tool that we can utilize in order to communicate and, and have this experience. But yeah, the recognition that I'm alone, <laughs> I think that is uh, the one that I'm not quite, as much as I maybe recognize that, um, it's I'm still working on being comfortable with that, and I don't think that comfort may come yeah. for for quite yeah, a long it's, time. It's but, funny that we, you know, we we'll talk see. so much about identity and, and like detaching from this idea of self and, and everything, but it's crazy that like when you really become aware of that truth, that like if you look through life through this lens, you have red sunglasses on, you're gonna look through life and see everything as with a red tint to it, and as soon as you take those sunglasses off, you see life as what it actually is. I think it's the same sense with like identity. When you see yourself as this the kind of person that I am, you attach meaning to things that truly aren't true uh, based on your perception of self and what you've been able to experience in life. For those that are like just getting into, I guess you can say like consciousness, I guess is the best word to use. How do you say, like, how do you pivot into actually embody? Like I say this in, in the sense that most people, like I said, have awareness of it, but don't embody it enough in their day-to-day -day life. I know it, whether it's a practice or a, or a question that you ask yourself or just something that you go through that reminds you, it's like always questioning this idea of like, I don't know is something that I, I entertain so much about because there's no good or bad. This, I, this right now is exactly as it's supposed to be. And when we attach something to it, we only give it 
the opportunity to be what we say it's going to be. And so like detaching from that and being where we are and just seeing life as it is, um, it's just, it's a crazy experience when you start to realize that life in itself is whatever we design it to be within our mind, but not knowing that uh, it's kind of hard to get to that awareness, if that makes sense, but it's, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I don't know is a huge one for me too. Like if there's one phrase that is probably in my mind most often it's it's i don't know and and understanding that yeah. that's okay like i don't know and that's okay um helps because a lot of times people think they can know and they're like i don't know and that's not okay and then they'll you know get super anxious and worried and, and freak out about something but the i don't know goes goes deep into you know, for situations, for example, that you may be worried about, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but you also don't know what the best case outcome is. I think that one helped me a lot too. Like the thing, say something's coming up and I'm super nervous about a certain outcome happening. The reality is that that outcome could be much better for the rest of my life than the one I'm hoping happening happens or happens happening, whatever. Um, and, and so understanding that it, it kind of, it puts your mind in a pretzel. It's like, well, shit, what, do, what do I worry about then? It's like, you don't have to, because you don't know. You really don't know. It's like beyond just what's going to happen. You don't know what that's going to lead to. You don't know where it's going to go. And, you know, looking back on my life, there was a bunch of things that, you know, traumatic experiences, freezing up during speeches, stuff like that, that got me to where I'm at now. And so looking back, it's like, okay, those are things I was super afraid of those things happened. I, I made it through. I learned a bunch of things and now I'm able to, you know, go on podcasts and talk about stuff and make videos about it and have my own podcast. And like, none of that wouldn't would have happened if I hadn't gone through those difficult experiences. So that makes it a lot easier moving forward to just be in like, to letting go of, of the idea of what I think should happen in any situation. Cause you never do. And, and maintaining that state of freedom through uncertainty yeah, is yeah, the, probably the, one of the most like powerful this things. This idea that do. if something bad were to happen to you today, and I'm putting in quotations, but it led to something good in two years from now, would it still be bad? It's likely that it wouldn't be. And it's that mindset that I don't know what this is going to lead to that always keeps you in the sense of like, okay, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. This identification that I should be somewhere else or that this shouldn't happen is just an idea. And it's like, you look at your thoughts as like clouds almost, and you just watch them pass by. And it's like, wow, they don't, you don't seem so scary and, and, and it's a it's a, a really good way to look at things and you have an analogy based on like when people cringe as well take us through that analogy because i like the way that you thought about that oh yeah what did i i said something once it's like uh <laughs> cringing is a coping mechanism cringing is a coping mechanism for people who are yeah. too insecure to do the thing that you're doing uh some something like that i think i said it better once but i i don't remember but um yeah i i think people are always trying to feel better about what they're going through about what they're doing and if they're not willing to take a certain leap in their life they're gonna judge people who are taking that leap they're gonna you know they're gonna cringe at people who are putting themselves out there and it's not to say that those people are doing anything wrong, but we have to be honest with ourselves. And I think any time, very often when we judge, when we cringe, it, it's 
what are we avoiding in our life? Cause, cause we're trying to feel better about the thing we're avoiding making an excuse like, Oh, that person, Oh, that's so embarrassing. It's like deep down, there's a good chance. Maybe you don't want to do that exact thing that they're doing, but you wish you could be a little bit freer in yourself. And so it's important to just, I think for people to look at n- not judge people who are cringing or judge people who are judging, but just look at yourself when you're, when you're in that position, when you're cringing at something, when you're judging someone else, like take an honest look at yourself and ask why you're doing that. Like, what are, what are you avoiding? Cause you're probably avoiding something that, that you want to be doing yeah. and, and you're yeah. trying to I feel want, better about that not that, doing that, that perspective thing. on things. Uh, it, it goes back to that, that social anxiety or whatever that may be. It's like, it comes back down to that realization. It's like these realizations that really shift every, everything in your life. And I know over a thousand posts, a million followers on TikTok, all the things you've been at it for a while now. I'm curious for you, what's been the lesson that content creation has taught you about yourself? Oh man, that's another good question. Um, number one thing, uh, I think if anything, it's just been a practice in, in the lack of concern in, in letting go. I think even beyond that, in letting go of my opinion of what's best, like I I've posted videos that I've came very close to refilming that ended up going viral. I've said things that I didn't think made any sense, you know, like on a, on a, we do a bunch of group calls and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll just go on rants and I'll, I'll be thinking to myself, yeah. like, fuck, I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm going to have to wrap this up here. And someone would be like, Oh, that was so well said. And so I think anytime you're putting yourself out there, it's an opportunity to break down that perception of yourself because that, you know, all that's still in there, all of those insecurities, all of those fears I always used to have that were at the forefront of my reality. They're all still in there. Um, it's just that I don't take them so seriously anymore. Like I still get nervous about things. I still get worried. I still get super fucking angry about stuff. You know, it's all, it's all still there. It's just that I, I understand I've done enough things. Like I have enough reps in there that, that it's not, my focus anymore. Like I, it's, it's a constant proving to myself that I can do the things that I was afraid of, that I can put myself out there, that I can, you know, be judged and recognize where it's coming from in the other person that I can say something that I'm not really sure if it's going to resonate and it resonates. And it's like, all right, just keep doing stuff and set your opinion aside. Cause it's not relevant. Cause just cause you think something about something doesn't mean that you know, the thousands of hundreds of thousands of people who may see it are going to think the same thing. Like it, it's really, and it comes back to, I don't know. I don't know what's going to hit. I don't know where my life's going. I don't know what, you know, what video ideas I'm going to have next month when I get caught up and thinking, Oh, I don't have any and get concerned about that. It's like, I don't know where things are going and, and the more comfortable I can become with that the more things flow so much more freely the less suffering i experience in my life and and just the more enjoyable of an experience i have so i think if anything it's just been a practice in that and in yeah yeah i'm showing myself how little i really know (laughs) one day you can post something and it'll get this amount of views and next day it'll get like 12 times that and it's like what if you looked at that 
through the, that lens through life as well. It's like you don't know in any case scenario. You really don't know what's going to happen from it. Um, the basis of this podcast is, is based around belief, as, as, as I said earlier, and as you talk about so much about these beliefs about yourself. And the last question I ask every uh, guest on the show is, what belief are you currently in learning? <laughs> another good one man i like these a lot i appreciate it um uh, i think i think you know similar to everything we've talked about because it's just a constant thing it's a constant thing it's always coming up because our brain's always trying to settle upon something. I think it's just the constant recognition that I'm never what I think I am. So it's like a everyday thing. Any, any idea of what I think I can do or can't do, or I think I'm good or bad at, or, or anything, never, it, it's never going to be the truth of what I am. I don't have to think of myself in a positive life, in a positive light. I don't have to cling to you know, certain certainties because it's just going to be another prison. So I think recognizing more and more clearly that any belief I do cling to cuts me off from, from the flow of reality, clinging so hard to my opinions may cut me off from learning something new. So, so if anything, it's just letting go of the idea that my mind can ever know me forever know what's best it's it really comes down to a letting go of of that desire for certainty that's always going to be there our brain's always going to be desiring that and so it, it's got to be that constant state of questioning it so it's just for me an an unlearning of ever believing that any yeah, idea that my mind practices. settles upon it's is ever the reality of what so I so much about it every like i made a post on that literally today about that identification because it's you will never get to a point where like you're like we're always enough but we're never going to get to a point where like this is just like i don't have to do anything like i don't have to think about anything because our like you said it's our mind it's our it's our innate processes to go right to that thought so constantly unlearning that as a as a practice it's pretty much what life is all about is continuously unlearning that i feel like in life it's more about unlearning than it is learning truthfully uh at the end, at the end of your day, at the end of life, like that's what you're going to, I think Absolutely. is the biggest realization yeah. is, is that in itself. So, um, dude, I appreciate you for coming on the show. I I'm really, really grateful for having you on. Where can they, where can they find you, Andrew? Um, so my, my podcast is called dualist unity. That's on all podcast platforms. That's definitely my main sort of focus. Uh, and then all my content, uh, TikTok and Instagram is not Andrew Murnane. Uh, Twitter, I think, is Andrew underscore my name. Um, Appreciate and, you, bro. And yeah. Uh...